Oh man, I'm so tired, Michelle. Tell me why. I mean, I'm tired too, but... Yeah, it's too much sports for me. I know. Don't look at me like that. Let's just go on to... How is parenting treating you this week, Michelle? Parenting has been great. It was fun to have a friend of ours stay with us for a little while. My friend Emmy, she stayed with us to help out with the cats during vacation and stayed a little bit longer. And she's really into doing puzzles. And it was really sweet to see Bear take interest in that. But she was doing a puzzle and he kind of wandered into her room and he just dove right in. Oh. And it was really cool. He was He's just so good at being able to pick out shapes and colors. He forgot about asking me to play video games oh, and was really wow, into, that into it. That's yeah. a big statement. Yeah. And I, it just reminded me how great it is to have your kids be around different adults out of the ordinary of what my parent does. Yeah, that's right. It, come, it, it hits them a little bit differently. I know that when my kids see me doing something, it does not spark the same interest that, <laughs> that it does when they see a different adult. Should we introduce... I- you're listening to Kids in Berlin, Surviving as Expat Parents. I'm Lindsay. I'm tired. I'm, I've been here for 14 years. I had my children here. They are nine and seven years old now. I speak English to them. They answer me in German. They speak German to each other. We're very much living the integrated foreigners <laughs> lifestyle here. I've seen them kind of change from being English speakers to German speakers. Yeah, really that's sweet. right. They they were born Eng- English speakers. They started out. My name is Michelle, and I am from Western New York. And I have been living in Berlin for about seven years. I have largely lived in an expat bubble, but I am now uh, learning German and have learned enough German that I pretty much understand what's going on and can uh, converse. I just went this morning to the paint store to buy paint Mm -hmm. and uh, I asked the, the store clerk for her name. And she's like, why yeah, do you why? need to know? That's a, This is my my integrated German self is, is also like, yeah, why? why and did I you said, need to know? well, just in case I have another question and I want to ask one of your colleagues where you are because you're so good at talking about paint. You know? <laughs> she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> but I thought, I think she was worried I was going to get her in trouble or something no I, I think it's just it's just so unexpected I don't know if there's any expectation there I think it's just like why do you need to know this information in the US that's totally standard right it's that totally if you standard. have a good experience it's like oh can I get your name yeah because they'll they'll say I want to give Michelle a compliment to the manager yeah. or they'll just say oh M- Michelle it's so good to know you you know the next time I come back I'm gonna see if you're working yeah you know, it's, it's just a it's very common to ask somebody's name and and use it in a way yeah. to compliment them or try and find a way to tell the manager. Totally, it's a it's a legitimate kind of connection that is made in America, but that is it's not a connection that happens in Germany. It just it doesn't make sense as a connection. Yeah, actually, I just wanted to be able to yell in the aisles when I couldn't find her, <laughs> like, but Marilyn. Yeah, but but she's not going to tell you her name is Marilyn. She's going to tell you her name is Frau Schmidt. Well, she told me her last name. Yeah, exactly. Verlind. And and I didn't, I was like, hmm, that's a strange name. But then I realized, oh, she's just telling me her last name. Yeah, it's just Frau Verlind. Yeah, Yeah, because that's the other thing. That's the other part of the culture clash here that you don't get first names of people. 
So I will tell you a quick funny story. Yeah. I would say I'm going to tell a funny story from where I'm from. Ah, right. Yeah, My yeah. dad has made himself a fake VIP tag <laughs> for going to the hardware store, which is Home Depot <laughs> in America. So he can flash it at people and say, like, I'm a VIP. So that means you have to come with me and stay with me if I need assistance. <laughs> <laughs> they believe him. So bad. Anyway. But that does sound like something my aunt would do, too. <laughs> Yeah, so they're bad. in the generation of of writing letters to the manager, but not in the not in the current generation's way of complaining about everything. Like that was the generation of let me talk to your manager because I had such a great experience with you. Like now we're in the generation of like I need to see your manager because I am not happy. And then yeah. the culture clash with Germany, where there's just no such thing as can I see your manager? There's no such thing as customer service, really. <laughs> it's like what do you want? <laughs> Eh? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> today we're not talking about that. We're talking about, and the question we're looking at is, what snacks do I feed my kids in Berlin? And we now have about a decade of experience feeding our children snacks. So what was your experience when you first came here? You came here with a fully developed child already. I came here with no children, so I didn't have as much of a culture clash. Well, I came here from having lived in Pakistan, so I was kind of used to cooking in the Pakistani way. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was just a different bunch of vegetables and fruits that were available to me to feed my son. Um, I can say proudly that when I get a protein, a carbohydrate, and a vegetable on a plate, I'm very proud of myself and feel like I've accomplished something. And when you first came here, was there something that just stood out as really surprising, like a culture clash about snacks or food? The emphasis on sparkling water for children and Mm. their appetite for it because my son grew up drinking just plain water. Sink water, which is kind of like a dirty word here. They're older generations of of Germans where they are offended if if you offer them sink water. Yeah, and and that's the way I grew up in the States. Drinking water was just from the tap. Actually, when we were living in Pakistan... Yeah, right. We call it tap water. Tap water. Sink water water is like... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That definitely has a different connotation. Um, But we drank bottled water in Pakistan. You have to drink bottled water. And so then when I moved here, I was like, oh, yeah, we can drink from the tap again. But yeah, it is more common to to buy bottles of water, especially sparkling water. And um, the minute my son tasted it, he's like, oh, it's spark water. And and that's what he called it. And he would not drink it. They have things here called Laugenbrezel, which are like big pretzels, not the crunchy kind. Yeah, they're just the soft They're They're soft soft pretzels. pretzels. Like that you would get at a ballpark, but they have them everywhere here. So what was uh, surprising for you when it came to feeding your kids? I was really surprised by things like kohlrabi. I think we've talked about that in other episodes. And and just like the, the the kids are so into vegetables, I think in the United States, like you've got to dip them into MSG and flavorings. Like they need to they need to be like Doritos for kids to ranch eat ranch dressing. Yeah, <laughs> and that doesn't happen here. Like you don't dip your vegetables. That surprises me. That they just they. And, and they have such an appetite for cucumbers, for for bell peppers, like you said, for kohlrabi. 
this appetite for plain vegetables is very surprising to me. Sparkling water was also one. It's also surprising to me that people have these soda streams in their homes. I wonder if that's a thing in the U.S. Where I think you... it's more so now. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. But usually people in the U.S., I think, put flavors in there. It's not just like we're going to drink carbonated water. I think that is a New York City thing to have like seltzer water. Oh. But across the rest of the U.S., I really don't think it's common unless there's flavor in it. Uh-huh. So people in the U.S. buy that so that they don't have to buy like Coke and Pepsi or whatever. They right. And they can put them. their own syrup in it. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. But here, yeah, you buy Soda Stream just so you can turn your tap water bubbly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Those are things that are surprising to me. And then another thing that I found really surprising is whenever you go into... Like any, any, well, first of all, another thing that's surprising to me is, so in Berlin, the, you do have supermarkets, but you have like specialty stores that you can go to. Like, you know, you go to the, the bakery to get your bread, you go to the butcher to get your meat. They, maybe that's all. I don't know if there's too much more than that. But anywhere we were going, they always, when kids are like between two and four years old, they always get something handed to them. The butcher would always just like hand cold hot dogs to really? the kids. <laughs> Okay. And then they like the kids are just like sitting in their stroller with like a cold hot dog in their hand and just eating it. Wow, that never happened to us. But oh. we we um we're a unique family and that I grew up Christian. I still consider myself a spiritual Christian and my son is Muslim. We're like a mixed religion household. So we do eat halal meat. So it's not like I'm going to like a regular butcher. Uh-huh, okay. You know, I yeah, go to okay. like usually like a Turkish butcher and I usually go by myself. I don't I was I you didn't go yeah okay that not when he was little we never got the free stuff no we got we got we got free meat but but they're also like they sell hot dogs in jars here which is also like a weird like you get you get jars of hot dogs glass jars and you pop them open and that's also something that I mean it's not only the butchers that shove hot cold hot dogs in children's hands it's like that's a it's a common stroller snack for kids to be eating that is totally WTF because you never see (laughs) kids walking around eating like raw hot although they're not really raw because they're prepared but you never see kids walking around eating cold hot dogs like just out of the package yeah because it's a choking hazard also in the u.s Mm -hmm. they consider it this big choking hazard and here Mm -hmm. too they say yeah be careful you know pay attention to your kid eating it Mm -hmm. but it is i think it's just funny like you know the u.s you have cheerios you have like little finger foods that help with the the dexterity um, Mm and and here it's just like a fistful of food that the kids usually have like my kids either had a fistful of cucumber, hot dog, or soft pretzel. And those come in different forms. Like you have the pretzel form, you have stick form, a ball, a knot, a triangle, <laughs> lots of things to fit in the to fit in the fist. That was the surprising thing to me. But yeah, so that was these like fistfuls of food that was really confined to the stroller times when the kids were really little, you know, up until they were three or four and walking everywhere. What was your experience with snacks like one spare started Kida. When I would pack his lunchbox, it would... Did you have to pack a lunchbox? I did pack a lunchbox, yeah. He loves green olives, pistachios. He'll eat carrots and he'll eat yellow peppers. 
And I found these like halal salamis that I put mm. in there. I put in usually a piece of chocolate and Actimel, which is like a yogurt drink. And then usually I'll get, they're called durum wraps. Mm-hmm. So it's like a burrito yeah. shell, all these things separate that I put in. Usually I get it back and there's no, uh, the vegetables go uneaten and he's pretty much eaten everything else. So in the Kita, did they have, did you have to sometimes buy snacks for the entire group? No, we you paid didn't have extra. That. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. We went to a private kita where that was all taken care of but even when you even in the first kita you went to they asked people to bring extra fruit every once in a while yeah oh really okay yeah Yeah, because we had uh when nat started kita it went on rotation each family took a week so you ended up having two weeks per year where you were responsible for the afternoon snacks for the entire kita group so that was like 24 children that you're buying snacks for for an entire week and what's expected they gave a list it was um, they wanted like a certain amount of fruit and vegetables like but then they also wanted these um, felinchen they're like wafer crackers that just taste like crispy I, cardboard I think I know what you mean with yeah. air yeah they're they're <laughs> crunchy but that's about it, it tastes like crunch. And yeah, that's it, it tastes like crunch. <laughs> and they put cream cheese on it. Then you had to buy like milk and cornflakes because Fridays were always milk and cornflake day. It was uh, an expensive time. They phased that out and then they used the same company that provided the ingredients for the kitchen to cook the kids lunch. Then took over providing the snacks because there was an extreme allergy in the Kita. And there was a, a pistachio allergy which everyone was aware of but then when one family had to buy the stuff the I am meats like deli meats were also on the list they bought bologna with pistachio in it because they they just weren't thinking of it and she ended up they had to call an ambulance (gasps) so that so that this little girl you guys I mean you didn't have any of that I mean honestly maybe I missed that when we went to our first kita maybe I missed the the day what it what it sounded like to me is like hey everybody just bring in a couple extra apples every once in a while um did the kids come home really hungry then i don't remember him being especially hungry after kita really oftentimes we would walk home and his favorite treat was a chocolate croissant that's changed now i i mean i will just tell you bad vibe moment in that yeah let's get let's get into bad vibes (laughs) bad vibes with food right he hates the school lunch Uh, and he's you know he's nine years old he sits there and he just drinks water he's like you can't make me eat this stuff it's so gross and i've heard other parents say their children have major intestinal like gas no like lots of farting oh Um, man i don't even know what he eats but he comes home hangry a lot yeah because this is a difference too like in the u.s you can opt into or out of the lunch lunch and it's very common for parents to send their kids with lunch but you don't I mean here you don't send your kids with lunch you can but it just doesn't I pack him a snack box every day yeah which is normal but that's more Mm -hmm. of like for the breaks between classes Mm -hmm. and they call it like the frühstücks box which is the breakfast box he eats breakfast at home in the morning Mm -hmm. and then he gets this box that I send with him so now I try and have dinner ready by like four o'clock because he's ready to eat when he gets home so he doesn't fill up totally on junk food Uh, who's the provider do you know of the 
I haven't, but I know I've complained about it. Other parents have complained about it, and they're just like, eh, yeah. It's such a common thing, which I think is crazy. And I, the stereotype or the cliche is that in France, the kids' lunches are amazing gourmet food. And I think you would kind of expect that Germany would have a similar... All I can say is uh, at my work, we have something called the canteen, which yeah, is yeah, like the yeah. restaurant they have attached to the office. And if it's anything like the cheap canteen food that we that's eat... That's also not good. It's oh, not good. Man. It's not good because it's it's mass produced. It's it's made to be cheap. So uh, people spent like two to three euros, maybe five max for their lunch. It's just over salted, under seasoned, overcooked, kind of, yeah, overcooked, weird, mushy stuff. Mm. And that's what he's getting for lunch at school. The keto that we went to, they had their own kitchen. They cooked the food. The kids thought it was so good. Our school also has pretty bad food, but Edgar loves it. I'm vegan, so I don't cook meat. And he loves all the really trashy like schnitzel and <laughs> any anything with pork and pig. He loves it. He thinks the school has amazing food. Nat says it's disgusting. Both of my kids, by the way, do also say that they're vegan. They are not. Well, my son uh, is eats halal, and he uh, is aware that at school, uh, the school he goes to, the meat is not halal. But so. you can opt out of pig products, for example. Yeah, but they don't always have, you know, like a meat-based substitute that's halal. You know, it's vegetarian. And like, he doesn't and want that. He doesn't then. want. That. Really, is unfortunate. I would say that that's also our bad vibes. Is the the fact that the school lunch just isn't good. If we lived in the U.S., then I would be packing a cold lunch for my kids every day, and that would be normal and fine but somehow that's just not really done here and like you said there's this there's this breakfast box that you send your kids with yeah and he says he has had teachers come up to him and say well you have to eat this and he says no but I think now they they kind of lay off of him and oh, he uh. just does what he wants. It's pretty much expected that you should eat the hot lunch there at school and not bring yeah. a, a box from home it's weird if you do. Because the box that you bring from <laughs> home is for the breaks in school. The box that you bring from home is not to then sit. I, I think that's true. I don't I don't think you would even really be allowed to. I don't think you're allowed to bring your lunchbox into the lunchroom. I think yeah. you can have it in your classroom. Yeah. Or you can then eat it in the halls. Like if you say, okay, I'm not going to eat this. If I'm going to have my own lunch. Mm-hmm. Then there are other places to eat it or other times to eat it. But I don't. That's interesting. That's a good question. I'm going to ask Nat and Edgar if that's how it is at their school. But at least with with us, we um, they have two different options every day that they can choose between. But you have to log in online and choose online at least 48 hours ahead of time which meal you want. And there's always always one that's vegetarian and Nat Nat does always go for the vegetarian meal but um, Edgar is very uh, Edgar says he only wants vegetarian but then when you go through it with him he's like definitely the pigs <laughs> he always wants to eat yeah pop quiz yeah all right so pop quiz then how about Mahlzeit I love Mahlzeit <laughs> really I was so confused by this when it's I first so lived weird. here. It's so weird. It is strange. It is what people say as a greeting, and it just means like mealtime? Yeah. But you say it like hello. Yeah. When you see someone eating, like you don't say hi, you say Mahlzeit, and it means hello. But even if they're not eating, you and it's a uh, kind of and a round, it's a round lunch, you'd yeah, be like, Mahlzeit. 
Or if you just have food on the brain, you can say it as a yeah. hello. It confused me so much when I moved here because I was like, when I was eating and somebody walked by and said mahzad, I was like, am I supposed to say thank you now? Like, is that like a guten appetit kind of thing? But it's not. Um, we don't have that. We would never say like... Food time. Food time. Yeah, I mean, we or, do or say it, I but it's like to friends. Chow time. Like, but you, you, you know, you. But you don't say that as like instead of hello. You don't. No, it's it's really charming. I find. And the other thing, um, you just said good appetit, which means yeah. like. Oh um, right. We. <laughs> I think it's just uh, it's like like have a nice meal. Bon appetit is what I was actually. Meaning yeah, to say. which is the French. Bo- yeah, w- but we actually say that in the U.S. Like at least we say bon appetit. Yeah. We don't say guten appetit. Yeah, sorry. But often, um, and I find this charming, that the German culture is that you do eat together. And I, however, don't like doing that when I'm at work. I just Mm. want some alone time. Yeah. (laughs) Because I I spend a lot of my day talking to people, making decisions. I just want to, like, wind down during my lunchtime. Uh But if I'm eating my lunch alone and, like, other people walk by, they always say, oh, guten appetit. Do they say guten appetit or do they say mahlzeit? My work, they they say say guten appetit. Okay, interesting. And and it made me feel weird. Like, what am I being a weirdo loner eating by myself? Maybe I am. You think they're judging you with guten appetit? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not... it's, I think they really just are like, enjoy your meal. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think so too. But I think I think it's also true that it's not so common to eat at your desk. Like there are places to eat and... Yeah, and it's when I'm eating at the designated mm. spot. Oh, okay. Yes, not at uh, my yeah. desk. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. But they still walk by and they're like, guten appetit. All right, next word. Abendbrot. Another word I love. <laughs> so Abendbrot means evening bread. And so families, rather than doing this big production at night of a hot meal, they'll often just have bread with meat and cheese and like a couple vegetables like tomatoes or cucumbers. And that's your eating meal, right? Yeah, that's like the old fashioned way to do it. Yeah, that the warm meal is the middle of the day meal. And then the the sandwiches or like sandwich ingredients or put together your own sandwiches would be the dinner, which I really like as an idea. I think it's so nice to just get the warm meal over with in the middle of the day and then just have bread. And it reduces the amount of domestic labor that's required. Because you don't have to be at the stove again. You just like, you take out all of the things and everybody puts together their own sandwiches and eats it. But we've never done that. And I don't know why. Like for some reason, I taught my kids to expect warm meals. Even if they don't eat it, they feel like they're hungry if they haven't had it put in front of them so that they can reject it. Like that's that's basically what what dinner is. Like I need to cook something that they can then reject. Otherwise they can't go to bed. Wow. What what a tradition. It's yeah, it's great. <laughs> I'm I'm a wonderful, wonderful parent. <laughs> No, I've got I, this. I've got this down. That's so funny. I too, I too do an evening meal, which has turned out to be like a, an afternoon hot meal mm. because, again, he's so hungry when he gets home from school. But we don't do Abendbrot. He doesn't like sandwiches. Yeah, right. I generally that's when I do my standard carbohydrate, protein, and vegetable, but warm. Okay, yeah. so like theoretically, Abendbrot is a good idea, but practically for both of us, it hasn't worked. Um, Spätti. Späti is the name for a shop that is open late. It, it's um, spät means late, and so Späti is like a like a nickname for a shop that's open late and often sells drinks like an alcohol, like beer or wine, and snacks. 
Yeah, it's basically like our convenience stores, right? There you go. Yeah. It's like a 7-Eleven. Yeah, it's basically a 7-Eleven. And that is like in my childhood where kids go to spend their pocket money to get overpriced candy and chips and pop soda after school or in their free time. You know, uh, my son used to be very afraid to speak to other adults. When we used to go from Kita, there's one Shpeti we would pass and I would give him a euro to go get Oreo cookies. And I said, oh. if you really want them, you're going to go in there and get them yourself. Wow, that works with you guys. Yeah, I tried but he that would too. normally just like point at it and like kind of put the money up and the guys like, huh, you know, they uh, would work it out. There it wasn't a lot of talking involved. I, uh, <laughs> you know? but, but hey, that's the first step. He's that's worked good. up to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I think it's crazy at the Shpeti, it's a, it's like two fifty for a pack of gummy bears, whereas just at the supermarket, it's 99 cents. They're really ripping off the kids. But I think we were probably ripped off in our childhoods too by these convenience stores, by the 7-Eleven. You pay for convenience. Yeah, you pay for convenience, even though like in Berlin, they're right next door to each other. Like any Shpeti is like right next to a supermarket. Right. If I have I a couple. Out, yeah. Ah, ha- oh, okay. okay. I have a false friend, yeah. first of all. Okay. Lindsay, what is ice? Ice is ice cream. That is a staple of childhood, even more than in the US, I would say. And sometimes I think it's like even more for the parents than it is for the kids. Like I've seen parents and kids arguing about getting ice cream in the way that you wouldn't expect. Like the mom is like, come on, let's go get ice cream. And the kid's like, I just want to keep playing on the playground. (laughs) I've seen that so many times. I got to get my eyes fixed. Yeah, Yeah, I've I've probably been that mom for sure. I have too. Um, and then um, what is Spargel? Oh, that's the time we're in right now. That's why you're thinking about it. It's the um, it's asparagus. And there's Weisse Spargel and Grüne Spargel. What's your favorite? Uh, White I, asparagus and green asparagus. I always buy green asparagus for our house because that's the kind my son likes. But I have had Weisse Spargel in like a restaurant and have had my own... Uh, food orgasm over it yes <laughs> so, yeah, so tell us good. more like why are germans so into asparagus that's a good question i guess because there are lots of asparagus fields here but i mean yeah i mean that's like a chicken and egg thing right because they plant there are a lot of fields because they plant them because they want to eat the asparagus there's an excitement in the air when you first see uh, the vendors start laying out the asparagus. But I think that's the really cool thing about Germany, that every season comes with a vegetable that everyone is really excited about. Like you have Pfefferling season, that's this kind of like mushroom, and you have Zvechkin season, that's a fruit. It's like a plum, but it's longer. Um, strawberry season? Yeah, yeah. Strawberry oh, season. Okay, I have another, I have another sorry, German pop quiz. Yeah. What is Carl's Erdbeer. <laughs> Hof. Hof. Yeah, Karl's Erdbeerhof is, yeah, there are little strawberry huts on every street corner that have gone up recently. It's, um, it's like this, it's a huge, uh, strawberry field. And apparently, like, the, um, the previous generation, like, it used to just be a huge field of strawberries. But then the son, who is, I guess, like, six, in his 60s now, I think, loved amusement parks and then built an amusement park on their family's strawberry plantation. And so now it's like an attraction for kids, a family attraction, to go to this amusement park where everything has something to do with strawberries. Like they have strawberry roller coasters and yeah, I mean, it's a strawberry amusement park built in the middle of a strawberry field. 
That's right. And they have great advertisement because somehow they've gotten the permits to on nearly one street corner per block in Berlin, they put up, as Lindsay said, these little huts, which are like square strawberries where they sell strawberries. And these are good strawberries. They taste yeah. so good. Yeah, because they, they harvest them that morning. Like it's it's really, it's a really amazing experience, like living in the middle of Berlin and you get fresh strawberries brought to your street corner. They're expensive now though. I mean, last year at least it was, I think like seven euros a kilo Wow, and that was at the that was at the peak of the season where they had so many that they're wow. trying to get rid of, and so they have people working in these little strawberry booths, and and they just stand there until the strawberries sell out. That is one of my favorite memories of you. I remember when your kids were little and you were driving them around in the stroller, and they just had their hands just like <laughs> jamming Fistfuls. these Carl's. <laughs> strawberries into yeah. their mouth it was so adorable we're and back to fistfuls yeah, of food fistfuls that's of food. what they had it was fistfuls of strawberries in the right. stroller age. right but that's We've- such a berlin thing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is funny that like you can live in the middle of a city and like strawberries are are such a staple but yeah i think like that's that goes back to the asparagus because um because right now we're in asparagus season. It's freshly harvested. It needs to be used pretty quickly. White asparagus, especially, I think, goes bad quickly. But that's also like really expensive. The prices, though, I mean, compared to when it's off season, like you're going to pay like six euros for a bundle and now you're paying like three euros for a even, bundle but do you even see it when it's off season i do yeah oh, okay because mm-hmm. i don't ever i think that's the interesting thing too that in germany it's much more clear when you go grocery shopping what's in season and what's not it's i i don't actually see asparagus when it's not in season i i think it's like at the tail end it's like either early or at the tail end and you'd see like expensive bundles and then it, uh, okay. it peaks with with like the big harvest oh, and yeah, the prices okay. go down and then at yeah. the tail end the prices go up again yeah and with strawberries like they're when they're off season they're wrapped in a ton of plastic and when they're in season they're just like piled up on a cardboard uh like in a little cardboard thing right and they just don't taste good when they're because they're shipped in from some other random country because now we have a comparison i think i didn't know before like what tasted good or not i think but now when when you have freshly picked on that day strawberries that's the funny thing too because like you'll be thinking like wow the last few days were so sunny if I bought strawberries today, they're going to be so sweet. Or you think like, oh, the last few days were pretty gray and rainy. Now is not really a good time to buy strawberries. I think that's such a cool experience to really use the weather that you've been experiencing to know if the food is good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That sounds like such a like disconnected city person talking, but whatever. That's what I am. <laughs> that's what I am. Do you have more more words? Uh, no, that was basically it. Pop quiz ace. Ace, totally. Both sides. Woohoo! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also, also growing up, I did not have a connection to the, to the food that I was buying or eating or that my, that my parents were buying and that I was eating. I never thought about like how it grew. How was it for you? Like, let's flash back to our childhoods now. It did start out that way because my parents were big canners. I remember when I was little, very little. But what did they can? So we would go to the farmer's fields and we would pick vegetables and fruits and i remember picking green beans i remember picking grapes really and my parents canned the beans we picked tomatoes they canned the tomatoes we picked 
again, grapes, they made grape juice, which was disgusting. Because um, they didn't add sugar or what? Yeah, oh. they didn't add sugar. It was so gross. <laughs> and um, I mean, this was uh, peaches. We t- we canned tons of peaches. We made strawberry jam. My parents were very proud of their strawberry jam. And in our basement, we had a food storage, which was full of food. But then over time, that changed. But the idea of canned fruit and preserved food was very big. So all of our bread was the soft bread that had preservatives. It would last on the shelf for two weeks at a time. Uh. Um, We ate a lot of canned vegetables, a lot of frozen vegetables, which were pretty mushy, heated up in the microwave with like margarine on it. My mom was really big into jello. We would have lots of jello with bananas in it or pineapple covered in like cream cheese frosting. Did you like it? No, I hated it. We had. Did anyone like it? Look, let's just say, like, my mom had to feed a family of four kids every night with a hot meal for, what, 20 plus years? They didn't have Abendbrot. They didn't. No. (laughs) So it was like, she made a lot of casseroles with, like, cream of mushroom soup and meat and stuff. It was just, you know, to to cheaply feed a family, a big family, you need to get the food on the table and make it mass production. But it doesn't sound like you had a lot of prepared foods i mean if you had if you canned your own foods it was still very fresh then no i'm saying like we did can for a while and then that got discontinued because it's so much work yeah okay and then they would just buy cans from the store Uh uh-huh yeah and so it was just because that's basically like how cooking how i learned to cook you just open this can and open this can and you pour these two cans together and then you stir it and then you put it in the oven there you go (laughs) or you you open the box and you pour some seasoning on some Uh meat you mix it up with a little bit of water cook it for you know 10 minutes it's done yeah it's all about like ripping open packages yeah Yep. The idea of seasoning something for a long time, of flavoring, of mixing a salad dressing, that was very foreign to me, of eating vegetables in season. Now, as a working mother, as my mother was, I totally get how I do not want to come home and have like a super fantastic creative meal. I just Yeah, you want to get... open cans. Yeah, and <laughs> I don't do that, but I cook simply. Okay. I cook very, very simply. Um, You know, my go-to is, okay, he likes asparagus. I'm going to throw some asparagus with some olive oil on it on a baking sheet. I'll probably get some prepared salmon uh, from Lidl that's already got the spices on it and some kind of carbohydrate, like fry up some spetzel noodles, like egg noodles and Mm. butter on the stove. Done. I think that's so funny listening to that, though, because I think like what counts as a really quick, easy, effortless meal here in Berlin in the U.S., that's like it sounds like such luxury and gourmet, right? Like salmon with asparagus and spetzula. And that's just like the quick, easy. But it is evening. quick. And, it and really cheap. is. Yeah. And cheap. Yeah. yeah. I think, I mean, that's why I think we're so lucky to live in a place that takes food so seriously and that doesn't even allow all these fillers. The quality of food before you even get it in the grocery store. Yeah. 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 That, That there's so many things that are illegal to use in the EU that is just a staple of um, of prepare of like pre-prepared food in the US. And so it makes it so much easier like you don't have to think as much about nutrition here because it's uh, that it's already been done for you by your government which I don't I mean like yeah I think that's hard <laughs> saying and, and yeah, um but anyway I do I do think it's it's really nice that 
that the government does pay attention to what is actually food and what is not food and things that are not food are not allowed to be sold as food. And so then it saves us when we are stressed and have very little time. The the easiest things that are available to us are not the things that are going to give us health problems. They're actually things that we can still. I mean, that's not to say we don't have our share of, you know, sweets around and my son loves potato chips, but like. Well, yeah, but I mean, mm. like if it's, but those are snacks, you know, yeah, those right. are like the side right. snacks. But like right. if you're, if you're a stressed working mom and you're just like, even if you do just open cans, like mm. they don't have the same kind of preservative or chemical additives, mm. like that's just not part of it. And Very so true. you don't, it doesn't take up so much mental space right. here to be thinking about it. And I think the way your household is set up. I, my kitchen is set up like something from the 90s. And so it's a very small fridge, very small freezer. Mm. So that's true. Our Ah, yeah, the freezer and fridge are so much smaller. Yeah. So, you know, I think in America, you can take a car, you go to like a big store and you buy in bulk. You can buy like massive slabs of ice cream and like huge stocks of meat. Which is also why it needs to have these preservatives because it needs to last that mm-hmm. long. Like cream cheese here, like you buy it in three days, it's moldy after you open it. Right. And here I have to go to the store more often because there's just, well, I'm not really great at managing food anyway. So I sometimes forget oh. it's in there. Uh-huh. Um, but um, there's just not a lot of room to store stuff for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you just have to be conscious of um, going to the store more. Germany is much smaller than the US. It's smaller than Texas. So I mean, they're like, we're all bunched in closer together and have more grocery stores closer by. I mean, I've got like three very accessible grocery stores within like one block of me. When we're talking about ice cream and huge slabs of ice cream, like I just remember the what I also enjoy here is like portions. Mm. They're just appropriate. And for what they are. And like you go get ice cream here in Germany and you get like one or two scoops and they're like balls that are a little bit smaller than your fist. Yeah. You know, um, and it's rich and good and the flavors are strong and amazing. Mm-hmm. In my family growing up, my parents had a massive freezer in the basement. It was like buckets and bricks of ice cream and we didn't have an ice cream scoop in our house we had like an ice cream hammer slab like axe you know and we just get these like massive bowls of ice cream and i mean because my parents loved it and they didn't drink and you know i think so sugar was our thing and that's how i grew up like those kind of huge portions of dessert and then with like sprinkles and whipped cream and Mm -hmm, hot fudge mm -hmm. and caramel yeah right and when you go out for to eat in the u.s you get these massive massive of portions and here you don't get that you get a portion that i think is appropriate for human it's just not done to take food with you you either eat it all or you don't but i think that's also why they they try to keep it smaller a restaurant also doesn't want to throw away their own food yeah so it's it's just an, a different approach mm-hmm. to to eating and what a good meal should look like and taste yeah. like yeah when i was little snacks after school there were just like the pantry was just filled with bags of chips and um cans of soup and then there was like where, where it was like hot cups what is that what they were called where you would like rip off the top and cup of noodle was, yeah there was one with like matzo balls and i remember being like so addicted to that because the sodium level of that was like off the charts <laughs> it was so unhealthy i'm definitely not perfect and we have lots of frozen pizza you know sometimes it's like the easiest go-to when he's hungry and gets home from school and that's what we have but I try and not do that 
you know, every night. Yeah, um, but I mean, but again, it's like the the frozen pizza here. It's it's a different quality than the frozen pizza there. Like you you can't or the frozen pizza there, as in in the U.S. You cannot find pizza with the level of like antibiotics and um, hormones mm. and then it's filler so things. <laughs> It just so it's it is a different level. I remember when I first I remember when I first moved to Germany and I was shocked um, at the quality of the food. Like I just thought everything was so delicious. I was in love with the frozen pizza. I was like, this is better than any than any pizza that I had at a restaurant. <laughs> well, and it's interesting to watch my son's um, taste change and. It is cool to live in a city where you have access to a lot of different kinds of food. He's really into Japanese cuisine now. He loves ramen and not the kind of ramen where you have a dry bunch of noodles <laughs> that you heat up in the microwave with an MSG packet. He loves the ramen that you get at a restaurant and he gets it with tofu. And, you know, it's going to break my here. bank, man. Yeah. If he's like, I was going to say, that's like 80 cents a pack instead of 12 euros. Yeah, right. Um, he's also, he loves this thing called Tobayashi, I think that's what it's called. They're like fried octopus balls oh. that we had. Um, they're that like makes dumplings. Me sad, though. I really like octopuses. I know. You know, I never thought of that. And they're so smart. They're like such intelligent creatures. And then, yeah. like, I can't know. Okay, sorry, okay. sorry to be a downer for all of you octopus lovers out there. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, he he also, um, you know, with his dad, they go to the mosque, and right next door is like a Turkish shop that has like Turkish pizza. So he does. You can have like an international experience here. You have a lot of influences that have come in, especially to a city like Berlin, where you have options to have snacks that might not be totally expected. Yeah, I have a funny story with that. So a cliche about where we live is that everybody is is very privileged. And it's also it's also true. We live in a privileged bubble. It's it is true. One thing that I heard teachers at the Kita joking about was that they've heard kids telling their parents, like, oh, I don't want ice cream today, I want sushi. Oh right. <laughs> that this is like a common occurrence. So true. My son loves sushi. Yeah. All right, let's 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 uh Wrap back around to the question that we posed at the beginning then. What snacks do I feed my kids in Berlin? So what do you think? Like now we've we've talked about different side like the surprising moments that we've had with foods when we first came here. We've talked about the different ages that our kids were and what snacks meant at those different ages that it's gotten unhealthier since since the beginning but you know once they're teenagers it's gonna reach peak unhealthiness we talked about bad vibes with food good vibes with food our flashbacks where does that bring us so this is a city where there's so much right at your fingertips there's some great things about you know german culture like abendbrot i'm like you know what maybe we need to revisit that which would make <laughs> yeah, my now life that we've a lot easier about it, like maybe that's something that we can, right. we can bring in yeah i think that's i think that's interesting you know thinking about all that we've talked about in the different phases i mean we have less stress here in berlin a lot less stress with food in berlin for the reasons we've said than we would have in the u.s which i'm very thankful for there really aren't any problems that we're trying to solve here and i think it is it really is because we're very lucky even though the schools have food that the children don't like it's not food that's going to make them unhealthy maybe it will make them gassy like in bear's case (laughs) and and like start a lifestyle of intermittent fasting because that's what 
Yeah. It's what it seems to be in our household. Yeah, but I mean, but when I think about like the, the conversations that I've heard about people, uh, families in the US having, like we don't have any of any of these problems. Like there's like childhood obesity isn't a problem here. There's not this problem of, of um, childhood diabetes. There's not a problem of like these filler foods just kind of like puffing people out because mm -hmm. it's not actually something that the body can process. Overall, my take on all of this, like what's next? Do I feed my kids in Berlin? Like I'm so happy that I, I actually don't have to think that much about it. Mm -hmm. And what I do think about with like, oh, is this too much sugar? I mean, it's it's all, it's yeah, okay. I, I don't worry about that as long as I know that he is getting like some fruit, some vegetables during the day, some protein. I'm confident that he can listen to his body. It, it will tell him and... He's in a place where, you know, the fillers and the chemicals and the too much sugar, too much salt isn't going to drown out. Reflecting on this, it just makes me realize, like, we're lucky. We're very lucky here. Good appetit. Yeah, my side. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then we'll, we'll see you next week. See ya. Yeah.